in a couple of places this morning. Uh, and I want to look at Zechariah chapter 9, verse 9. I'll give you a moment to find your place there. Uh, that is right after the book of Hosea, or right before the book of Hosea. Uh, so if you find Hosea, you can go back uh, one, uh, and uh, you'll find uh, Zechariah there. If you find Malachi, uh, you can um, go back, and then you can, I'm sorry, you can find Malachi, then go to Zechariah. I'm sorry. Don't listen to your preacher this morning. Uh, and so... Malachi, then you go back to Zechariah, Zechariah chapter 9, verse 9, uh, and then uh, we're going to be in Luke uh, chapter 19, Luke chapter 19, and I'm going to begin there in verse 28, we're going to go down to about verse 40, that'll be the main part of our text, I'm only going to use Zechariah uh, chapter 9 uh, just for a moment, and I'll use it here in just a minute, but I just wanted you to see it for yourself. Uh, some of these things you can definitely write down in the margin of your Bible, I think it'll definitely help you uh, as you study the Word of God. Uh, but I'm going to preach on the topic this morning, He Sat Where No Man Could Sit. Uh, he Sat Where No Man Could Sit. And we're going to begin in Luke chapter 19. We're going to start off there in verse 28. Luke chapter 19, verse 28. As we think about Palm Sunday, because that's what this is, uh, and we're getting ready for Easter, and we're thinking about uh, the, the Lord Jesus as He's coming into Jerusalem uh, and the last seven days uh, that we see of Christ while He is here before He goes to the cross. And so Zechariah, I'm sorry, uh, Luke chapter 19 uh, and we're going to begin there in verse 28, and then Zechariah chapter 9, verse 9, uh, which is you find the book of Malachi, and you go back, you'll see Zechariah there, uh, and that uh, is right there at the very end part, close to the end part of the Old Testament, Zechariah there. Uh, but Luke chapter 19, let's begin there in verse 28, uh, as we talk about he sat where no, uh, where no man can sit, and of course that's what the Lord Jesus did, uh, and that's what he does today. He sits where no man, uh, he is sitting now where no man can sit, and that is of course on the throne. Now here in verse 28, let's take a look at what, what is going on. We think about Palm Sunday. The Bible says, When we had thus spoken, he went before, ascending up to Jerusalem. And it came to pass, when he was come nigh to Bethphage and Bethany at the mount called the Mount of Olives, he sent two of his disciples, saying, Go ye uh, into the village over against you, uh, into which at your entering you shall find a colt tied, whereon yet never man sat. Loose him and bring him hither. And if any man ask you, why do you loose him? Thus shall you say unto him, because the Lord hath need of him. So as you're holding your place there, uh, and we, we done read this, go take a look at Zechariah chapter 9, verse 9. Uh, um, and uh, we're going to take a look at it real quick. We're going to look at it this one time. We won't go back to it. Just want you to see it for yourself. That we see that the Lord Jesus, what he's actually doing is his fulfilling prophecy. He is fulfilling a prophecy that was foretold a long, that was foretold a long time ago. And so here in Zechariah chapter 9, verse 9, notice what's going on. Uh, the Bible says, Rejoice greatly, O daughter of Zion. Shout, O daughter of Jerusalem, behold, thy king. See that capital K there? Thy king cometh unto thee. He is just, having salvation, lowly, and riding upon an ass, and upon a colt, the foal of an ass. And that's exactly the prophecy that the Lord Jesus was fulfilling right here whenever we see uh, in, uh, in Luke chapter 19, here in verses 28 and following. We see that the Lord Jesus, he is coming into Jerusalem. He is uh, uh, really, by, by fulfilling this prophecy, he is announcing really to everyone uh, that, that he's the Messiah, that he's the Christ, and he's come. But everybody was looking for, uh, the Jews were looking for more of a conqueror, so to speak. They were looking for someone that would come in and, 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 and take over Rome and, and all of that. But that wasn't, what, that wasn't the purpose of what Christ came at this moment to do. Uh, he was coming to seeking to save that which was lost. 
He was coming to show everybody, listen, that he's the Savior, that he's the Redeemer, that he is the King. Uh, but they were looking for something else. Uh, and so Christ, we see here, he comes in fulfilling prophecy that was foretold of him hundreds of years before. And so as we begin there in, in verse 28 of uh, Luke chapter 19, the Bible says that he shows us that he was on his way up. Now I want us to, I want to pull out two uh, important things I want us to see today, and that is Christ who is our Redeemer, and then also Christ who is our King. And so as we look through the text, let's take a look at verse 29. The Bible says, And it came to pass when he was come nigh to Bethphage and Bethany, called the Mount of Olives, he sent two of his disciples, and he said, Go ye into the village over against you, into which you're entering in, you shall find a colt tied, whereon yet never man sat. Interesting part about this, and you can jot this down in your Bible, and let's have to go there this morning, but you can jot this down in the margin of your Bible. You can jot down Exodus chapter 13 and verse 13. And what that, uh, what that is, is that's an Old Testament scripture that refers uh, to whenever, the, whenever there was a, a colt that was born of an ass, there had to have been a lamb that was sacrificed for for that colt. And so what we see right here is Jesus, in essence, uh, fulfilling that in himself because Jesus is what? He's the Lamb of God himself. He is the Lamb of God. And so we see a whole host of different things that are taking place right here. Now, there's a lot of folks that will say, well, you know, especially the, the atheist crowd will say, well, you know, I don't believe the Bible because of all these other different things. Listen, there's no way possible that a man over, uh, over a period of 15, 1,600 years, folks that didn't even, some folks didn't even know each other, could be this accurate about the scriptures and somebody fulfill all that needed to be fulfilled that Christ is fulfilling. There's no way. Listen, you can't get two people to agree on something sometimes for one day, less on 40 people over a period of 1,600 years. You know why? Because God is involved, because he is the word, and because he is perfect. He is the same yesterday, today, and forever, as the scripture says. And so as we look in the text, we can see a host of different things happening. God, the Lord Jesus, he's fulfilling prophecy back in Zechariah. He is actually fulfilling what is going on in Exodus chapter 13, verse 13, as him being the lamb, the lamb that would be slain, the lamb that would be slain for the cult. But what I want you to see this as well. As we look at the spiritual meaning, now who did Jesus die for? Now we understand that right here, he's kind of fulfilling that as the lamb that's going to be slain for this. But who, why, why, why did Jesus die? Who did he die for? Well, he died for us, did he not? Every single one of us. Listen, every single one of us here today. You know why? Because there's none righteous, no, not one. Because every man has gone astray. Every man has gone his own way. And so Christ died for every single person. It don't matter who you are, don't matter where you're from, don't matter what your nationality is, how much money you have, or the lack of it. It don't matter what it, it doesn't matter what uh, what uh, if you're a man or if you're a woman, a boy or girl. It doesn't make no difference whatsoever. Jesus died for everyone. And so there in verse thirty, what you see is you see the cult represents who represents us really in essence. That cult represents us in Jesus. It's the one that's going to die for it. Jesus is the one that's going to fulfill that. Next is 13, 13. But spiritually speaking, he's the one that's going to die for us. And how is he going to die for us? Well, the Bible shows us here. Let's take a look at it. The Bible says, Jesus said, the verse 30, Go ye into the village over against you, into which you entering in, you shall find a colt, wherein yet never man sat. Now think about that for a moment. A colt where never man sat. How many of, the, how many of you have ever rode a horse or a donkey, or anything like that, that nobody's ever sat on before. 
How many of you can, uh, can attest to the fact that it's not as calm as you'd like for it to be? <laughs> Listen, we grew up, and I was growing up, we had horses growing up. I remember when I was uh, 14, 15 years old, we had two. And we had this one, we called it Wild Thing, for a reason, for a purpose. And, uh, they, and so I was always the guinea pig. I was the one that would get on there and say, all right, Brian, get on there. Uh, and, uh, and let's, uh, well, we got, we got, he's got to learn how to, you know, somebody's got to learn how to, he's got to learn for somebody to ride on him. So, so go out there and sit on him. And, and so we did, and man, we did everything we could. And, and I'm out there, I, I don't know how many times he bucked me off. I mean, they would laugh and laugh and laugh. It's always good when everybody else is looking at you laughing when you're getting thrown off the horse. But they was always looking at me laughing. I was out there, boy, I was hanging on for dear life, doing everything I could, sitting on top of that horse. Man, he's bucking and carrying on. And uh, sometimes, man, he would stop bucking and we would just, whoop. I mean, he would just fly. It was a Pasifino and he was real smooth riding horse. But man, he would fly. And then all of a sudden, he'd just stop and he'd start kicking and bucking. I'm doing everything I can to hang on. What I'm trying to get us to see here is this, is listen, as as, as people of the world, we have, in essence, almost kind of like a, an untamed soul. Uh, we, are, uh, we, are, we are a people that is uh, rebellious, just like what we would find right here uh, in this, uh, this Ascol. We are people that is uh, in rebellion against God. Listen, the Bible tells us that, that, listen, if we're not saved, then we are at enmity. We are, we are in essence, an adversary against God. And so uh, that's what this cult represents. It represents a people, uh, which is us, an unfallen, uh, unsaved people that is in rebellion against God. And who is the only one that can bring a calmness to that? Who is the only one that can tame that? Who is the only one that can bring a rebellious people to a place where they would be in submission to Christ? And that is Christ himself. And so we can see here Christ doing a host of different things right here in just a few short verses. I mean, we see the Lord Jesus fulfilling prophecy. We see the Lord Jesus fulfilling the, uh, the law. We see the Lord Jesus, uh, in essence, really uh, demonstrating and showing uh, what he can do for us when he dies on the cross. There in verse 30, he's going to sit, the Bible says, he's going to sit. The Bible says, we're on yet never man sat. You know why? Uh, listen, uh, because he was fulfilling prophecy one, uh, first and foremost. But number two, this is this right here, is that there is nobody else that can sit where Christ sits. There is nobody else that can save you. There's nobody else that can save me. Only Lord Jesus can do that. It was going to take a perfect sacrifice from a perfect man without spot, without blemish, a man that had never sinned ever. And the only one that can do that is God himself. And that's why God sent his only begotten son, that whosoever believes in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. Man, praise God. For that promise. Listen, I'm glad this morning that I'm saved. I'm glad that I know when I die today that I'm going to enter into heaven. I don't have to worry about it. I don't have to, I, I don't have to wonder about it. It's not a maybe so or, or, or a wonder. I know without a shadow of a doubt that if I died today, I'd go to heaven. And the only reason why is because of Christ. The Bible shows us right here in verse 30. Uh, that he sat whereon, yet never men sat. And so what I want us to see there in verse 30 is that we see, we see Christ, who is the Lamb of God. We see him as our Redeemer. We see him as our Redeemer. What does it mean to redeem something? It means to purchase it back or it means to buy it back. Christ is our Redeemer. 
See, we were lost on our way to a devil's hell, but the Lord Jesus, he came to this world, born of a virgin, and came to this earth and, and, and suffered the, uh, the agony of the cross and, and, and all of those things for you and I. Man, praise God, he rose again three days later, amen. And he's seated at the right hand of God. And one of these days, uh, if, if, the Lord, if, the, if the Lord tarries, one of these days we are going to die. But one of these days, one of these days, we might just hear the sound of the trumpet because that's what I'm looking. That's what I'm listening for. I'm listening for the sound of the trumpet. I'm listening uh, for the voice of the archangel. I'm listening for the shout of the Lord. I'm listen, listen, I'm waiting and, and hoping that one of these days that the Lord Jesus will give that shout. All of us, man, the, the rapture will take place and we'll all just go on up into heaven. But if the Lord tarries one of these days, the Bible says it's appointed of the man wants to die and then the judgment. So what we have to do is it's each and every single one of us got to make sure that we are prepared, that we're ready. And what I want you to see is that there in verse 30, we see the Redeemer. We see, we see, the, we see the one who is presenting himself to a people. The Redeemer who is presenting himself to a lost people that says, Hey, the King is here. The Redeemer is here. And if you'll believe in me and trust in me, I can save you. Nobody else can. And so we see there in verse 30, uh, our Redeemer, he says, Go you into the village over against you, into which at your end again you shall find the colt tied, wherein yet never man sat, loose him, and bring him hither. Only Christ can sit where a man cannot sit. Only Christ can be the sacrifice. Only Christ is the one that can tame the world. Only Christ is the one that can cleanse us of sin. Only Christ is the one that can give us victory in this world in which we live. Listen, you're not going to find it in anything else. You're not going to find it in nobody else. You're not going to find victory in a bottle. You're not going to find it in a pill. Listen, you're not going to find it in a, uh, in a good new self-help book. You're not going to find it in none of that stuff. You're going to find victory in the Lord Jesus and that is it. And that is it. The Bible shows us here, he told them, he says, go and loose, uh, loose the colt and bring him hither. What I like about that is that there in verse 30, we said that we, we talked about how the colt represents us. What I like about verse 30 is that he knows where the colt is. Isn't that good? He knows where the colt is. You say, well, you know, um, uh, I, I don't know if... Uh, I, I'm, not, I'm not so sure if I can get saved. You know, I, I don't know. I, I've lived this kind of life. I've done this. I've done that. Listen, it don't matter where you are. God knows exactly where you're at. It don't matter how far down in the, in the depths of sin you've gone. It don't matter how far away that you've gotten. Listen, God knows exactly where you are. He knows exactly how to help. And he told these men, he says, you go down there and you loose the colt and you bring him here. You know why? Because God wanted to see the colt. The Lord Jesus, he wanted the colt. He desired the colt. For what purpose? So that he could sit upon that colt and show that colt, which is a representation of you and me here this morning, and show us that he can bring tameness and he can bring calmness. He can bring that to our life nobody else can bring. That to our life that nobody else can bring. And so here in the text, I love it because he says there in verse, he says there in verse 30, he says, loose him and bring him hither. Set him free in essence. Hey, when Jesus saves you and Jesus frees you, he that is free is free indeed. Man, praise God. What does the Bible say about the Lord? It said he come to set 
the captives free. Listen, there's a lot of folks out here today that are they're, 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 they're battling and struggling with all different kinds. Listen, every single one of us are. We all got battles and we all got struggles from the pulpit to the pew down there this morning. Every single one of us got things we're battling and struggling with. But the Lord Jesus, the Bible shows that he came to set the captives free. That he came to do for us what nobody else could do. If you just give him a chance this morning. If you'll just give the Lord Jesus a chance uh, to, to be the Lord of your life. Because you see, in order for Jesus to sit on this colt, you know what that colt was going to have to do? Be submissive. Submit. That colt was going to have to submit and listen. And you know just as well as I do, some of you that have been riding some wild things out there, sometimes they're not as submissive as you would like for them to be. Sometimes they can really take you on a journey. Some of you sitting here this morning, you think, well, I'm probably that wild thing this morning. It's taking a little bit longer for the Lord to get to this one. And listen, let me tell you, it don't matter who you are. As the preacher just said it a little while ago, it don't matter who you are. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter where you've been. Doesn't matter what you've done. Listen, Jesus, Jesus is the one. Christ is the one that can, that can, that, uh, that they can come in and do for you what nobody else ever could. But in order for us to enjoy that freedom and, and to enjoy that which Christ has for us, it's going to require some submission on our part. It's going to require some submission when we come to ourselves and we say, you know what? Uh, I, I don't want to live the, this kind of life anymore. I don't want to keep doing this. I don't want to keep living this way. Yes, I know I need to get things right. You wouldn't believe how many times I've heard people say, oh, preacher, I know I need to get my life right. I know I need to stop doing this. I know I need to stop doing that. And yes, I see us doing this to me and I see us doing this to my family. But for whatever reason, because sin has got such a grip on their heart, they can't turn away. And they're struggling and they're battling and they're struggling and they're battling. Listen, let us fully submit to the power of Christ and let the Lord Jesus help us today. The Bible shows us here in verse 30, whereon yet never man sat, loose him and bring him here. See, the reason why he said loose him is because he knows that he's bound. And that cult represents all of us here today. And listen, we were bound. We were dead in trespasses and sin. Man, the devil had us. But when Christ comes, when Christ speaks, he makes a difference. The Bible says, he said in verse 30, loose him. In other words, free him. Set him free. I'll tell you what, there ain't no greater, there ain't no greater feeling than feeling free. Feeling free. There's no greater feeling in the whole world than to, than to feel free. Not just living in the nation in which we live today, but We'll be able to enjoy our freedoms by having that spiritual freedom in our life. Knowing that we are saved and on our way to heaven. Knowing that I can do all things through Christ that strengthens me. Knowing that greater is he that lives in me than he that is in this world. Knowing that I can find strength and power and that there is nothing that can come my way. That, with the, that through the will and the power of God that I cannot defeat. And the Bible shows us here, there in verse 30, he says, uh, loose him and bring him hither. Listen, God knows where you are. Notice he said there in verse 30, he says, go into the village over against you. He knew where the cult was. Listen, God knows where you are. He says, and at the entering, you shall find the cult. He even knew exactly, he could pinpoint exactly where the cult was. As soon as you go into the village, as soon as you go in there, he's going to be right there at the entering end of the gate. Listen, I 
I believe with all my heart that God knows exactly where you're at this morning. He find, you find yourself sitting here at Gospel White Baptist Church. For some reason, you may think, well, I'm just here because somebody invited me. Listen, that may be true, but listen, I believe in divine appointment. You're here because God has a desire to speak to your heart. You're here because God has something that he wants you to see, something that he desires for you to understand. And it could be this morning that that idea is salvation. And if you're not saved, man, there's no greater thing than you can do in your entire life than to come to Christ as your Savior. And the Bible says right here, he says, loose him and bring him here. Listen, God desires for you to be free this morning. And he says, bring him hither. God desires for you to be with him. This cult, he desires for that cult to be there with him just like he does for you today. Despite who you are, despite what you've been, listen, where, where sin abounds, the Bible says that grace much more abounds. And so if that's for all those folks out there that say, well, I'm too great of a sinner. Well, I've got this problem where I got this fault or I've got this addiction and I've got this and I've got this and I've got this. Listen, we've all got stuff. We've all got stuff. But I promise you that if you'll give the Lord Jesus a chance this morning, you'll just see. You'll see how that God is strong enough to help you no matter what you have, despite the addictions that you may possess, despite the things that are bringing you down, despite the hardships that you're going through, you'll see that Jesus is enough. And there in verse 13, the Bible says, Loose him and bring him hither. Bring him hither. And God had a divine appointment for this cult. He sent some folks to go bring him. You find yourself here this morning, maybe you're here because somebody invited you. You're the cult that maybe God brought here this morning. The Bible says, and if any man ask you, why do you loose him? Thus shall you say to him, because the Lord hath need of him. You know what I like about that? You know what I like about verse 31? Because of what it does is it shows us that, listen, no matter how rebellious you've been, no matter where you're at, listen, God has a need for you. God has a desire for you. In other words, that means there's something that you can do in God's kingdom. Amen? Praise God for that. There is something that you can do. Listen, God didn't save any of us to sit. He saved us to serve, to serve. And so we get saved, and then what do we do? We begin to serve God. And listen, God can save us from wherever we are, from no matter where we've been, no matter what we've done. And he can save us from that. Bring us. He can loose us and set us free. Bring us to him because he desires to have fellowship with us. And then whenever we come to him, what's the next thing that happens? He desires to be, he desires for us to be used by him, to be a vessel, to be a tool for the Lord Jesus. Listen, that's what all of us are. We're servants. Listen, the greatest, the greatest, uh, the greatest uh, title that maybe perhaps that me or any of us could ever have is just simply a servant. A servant. Maybe any time we think of ourselves any greater than that. Listen, I know we're, ch- we're children of the Lord. I understand that. But I'm talking about as far in, in our service to God. What am I? I am a child of God, yes. But what am I? I'm a servant. I'm a child of God, but I'm also a servant. And that's what, and that's what I am. And so the Bible says in verse 30, it says, Wherein it never meant that, loose him and bring him here. And if any man ask you why you loose them, thus shall you say unto him, because the Lord hath need of him. I want you to understand there in verse 31 that as the Lord Jesus came into Jerusalem, declaring who he was there by fulfilling all these prophecies and doing all these things. 
I believe we can see by way of application this morning that he's trying to get us to see as well that he has a desire to use us today. He has a desire to, uh, no, no matter what we've been bound to, no matter how long we've been bound, no matter where we're at, whether we're at the entering of the gate, whether we're in the middle part of the city, or whether you're in the furthest back that you can possibly get, or whether you're down one of them alleyways that nobody ever goes. Listen, no matter how, no matter how dark, no matter where you've been, no matter what you're tied to, God has a need for you. And God has a desire for you to serve him in his kingdom in some way, shape, or form. We was out yesterday out knocking on doors and inviting people to come to church. And uh, it was such a blessing to see 18 people come in here, nine of them, teenagers. 18 people come in here had to have a desire to go out and knock on people's doors. You know what happened while we were out? Man, some of our teenagers had people pray with them outside there in the outside there in the driveway, prayed with them. Man, we had people, we was walking down the street in some developments and this lady comes by and says, oh, in essence, praise the Lord. I'm so glad y'all are out of here. Make sure you come by my house. The very first door that I went to, I knocked on the doors, early lady to come up. And uh, before I could ever get anything out, she thought I was there to do some repairs on her home. And she said, uh, she said, I, she said, I'll unlock the basement door. You can come in through there. And I was like, why would you do that? I never even said who I was. I was just some guy that knocked on the door. She opened up the door. She looked at me. She said, uh, she said, oh, yes, our power's been out for several hours. You can just come into the basement. I'll unlock it for you. And I was like, I said, I think you're looking for somebody else. I said, I'm Pastor Brown from Gospel Light Baptist Church. And she was like, oh, okay. And then she just kind of started laughing a little bit, and we just kind of started talking. And, and she was like, you know, she said, I, I, she said, I, we ju- I moved, just moved here from Tennessee. I'm looking for a good Bible-believing preaching church. And she says, I like the old hymns. And she said, I'm having a hard time finding a, a, this kind of church. And she said, I'm so thankful that you came by. Listen, let me tell you something. These people out there, they still have a desire to know Christ. They still have a desire to serve and worship God. Just as we see right here, listen, there is a need. No matter who you are, no matter where you've been, no matter what you're going through, she told me she said her husband had passed away several months ago and she just came to to the area and she was now living with uh living with um, her grandkids actually and she said my grandkids they go to such and such church and uh, she says but i'm really looking for uh she says i'm really looking for the a church that really sings the old hymns and she said that's what i that's what i really desire and uh, what i'm trying to get you to see is understand this at least don't matter who you are don't matter if you're young, don't matter if you're older, like some of us, we went out and knocking on doors, don't matter who you are. Listen, God can use you to do anything, use you to do anything, to knock on a door, inviting people to church. I mean, we had a ball yesterday out inviting people to church. I mean, people were so nice. People were so generous to us yesterday. And most of the time, that's the way it is. What I'm trying to get us to see this morning is there are people that are out there and God can use you just as he did these people, these, these two men. The Bible says there in the text that he, in verse 29, the latter part of verse 29, he says he sent two of his disciples to that cult and said, loose him and bring him here. Listen, maybe it is that God's sending you, trying to get you to send you somewhere. He said, hey, loose him up, bring him here to me. Bring him here to me. Could the disciples do anything for him? No. All they could do was bring the, was bring the cult to the man that can do something about it. Right? Amen. And so that's, that's what we're doing. We're just 
Man, we're just trying to go out and just tell people, hey, let me bring you to the master. Let me bring you to the one that can do something about the situation that you're in. Uh, And so the Bible shows us there in verse 31. He says, if any man ask you, why do you loose him? Thus shall you say unto him, because the Lord hath need of him. So we can see our Redeemer here this morning. As the Lord Jesus was coming into Jerusalem his last seven days here on this earth, as he was coming in, we can see him saying, I have need of this coal, representative of us. We see our Redeemer. In verse 32, the Bible says, And they that, and, uh, they that were sent went their way and found even as he had said unto them. So when they went there to go find the colt, the colt was there just like the Lord Jesus has said. Isn't it great that you can trust the Lord? No matter what. I mean, no matter what's going on, no matter where it's at. I mean, they went there and it was exactly what the Jesus said it was going to be. The colt was tied exactly where Jesus said the colt was going to be. Listen, you can trust. They were on their journey. They were going next. They were going to the next village. And as they were on their way, listen, as they were on their way, they knew in their mind, listen, Christ said, Jesus said, the colt would be right here at the entering of the gate. And they got there and it was right there. Just like Christ has said. Listen, trust the Lord Jesus. Believe in him. The Bible says in verse, uh, verse 33, And as they were loosing the colt, the owners thereof said unto him, Why loose ye the colt? And they said, The Lord hath need of him. And they brought him to Jesus. And they cast their garments upon the colt. And they set Jesus thereon. Here we can see that I think there in verse 35 as we're still in essence really talking about the Redeemer as he is making his way in. We can see that the Bible says they cast their garments upon the colt. In essence, they were, uh, they were uh, submitting what they had. They were giving themselves to him, believing and trusting in him. Verse 36, and as he went, they spread their clothes in the way, kind of like how we would spread out the red carpet for dignitaries of the day. Spreading out the red carpet for all the important people whenever they come in. And now we see right here, they throw out their clothes. Other, we can see in other uh, gospel texts, they were also throwing out uh, palm branches. The Bible says in verse 37, And when he was come nigh, even now at the descent of the mountain of olives, the whole multitude of the disciples began to rejoice and praise God with a loud voice for all the mighty works they had seen, saying, Blessed be the king that cometh in the name of the Lord. Peace in heaven and glory in the highest. And that goes back to Zechariah 9 verse 9 as well. Some of the Pharisees, watch this now. Verse 39. Some of the Pharisees from among the multitude said unto him, Master, rebuke thy disciples. The Pharisees that sat out there amongst the crowd of the people that were excited about Christ's coming, that were excited about, uh, excited about the Lord coming through. And the Pharisees were sitting out there and they didn't like the idea that Christ was coming through and that everybody was so exuberant, that everybody was so happy and rejoicing over the fact that the King, that the Savior, that the Redeemer was coming through. You see, the Pharisees knew what all this right here meant. They knew They knew the text. They knew what the prophecy was all about. And there it was, looking right there at them, walking walking right down the street, on the uh, the asphalt. There they are. They're seeing prophecy being fulfilled right there. And yet they're still turning a blind eye from it. They're still wanting to reject it because of their own selfish pride. 
And what I'm trying to get us to see this morning is as, as Christ makes his way through your life today, as he makes himself known, as he makes himself prevalent, as he opens himself up to you this morning, as he marches right by the door of your heart, as he comes right through here in, in, in the scriptures, as he comes right through here, don't turn away. Don't reject him. Don't walk away from him. But see Christ for who he is. Don't be of such a prideful heart to where you say, well, I'll be okay. I don't need Christ. I can take care of myself. I don't need that Jesus. I don't need none of that stuff. Listen, no, as we said before, nobody thinks they need something until they need it. And you've heard me say this a million times. Listen, I need Jesus every hour. I need him every second. I'm on total life support here this morning. He's not a crutch for me. Listen, I need Jesus every second of the day. I need him every moment. He is my, he is my very breath. He is my very heartbeat. And without him, the Bible says, uh, the Bible says uh, that by him all things consist. So without Christ today, every single one of us would be lost. We would be lost. And the Bible shows us here in the text. The Bible says... There in verse 39, some of the Pharisees among the multitude said to him, Master, rebuke thy disciples. Listen, there's going to be a world out here today that doesn't like the idea that you're trying to get your life right. The devil out here and the world out here, listen, they don't like the idea that you see Jesus for who he is. They don't like the idea uh, that, that, that you have a desire to get saved. They don't like the idea that you have a desire to, to pray and to read the Bible or to go to church or, or to submit yourself to the Lord. Listen, the world and the devil it doesn't, it doesn't like the idea that you want to live for Jesus. And they're going to constantly say rebukes. And, and they're going to constantly come at us. Now listen, we serve a God in heaven that gave his only begotten son so that whosoever believes in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. Listen, how can I praise him? How can I not worship him? How can I not study about him? How can, I not, how can I not pray to him? How can I not lift my hands up? How can I not be where he's called me to be? How can I not do what he's called me to do when God has sent his only begotten son to save me? He wrote my name down in the Lamb's book of life, transferred my citizenship from this earth on up into heaven. So now I'm no longer a citizen here anymore. Now I belong to the kingdom of heaven. And one of these days I'm going to get there and I'm going to see the Lord Jesus and tears are going to fall down from my face and I'm going to be more alive than I've ever been. Listen, I'm telling you this morning, God desires to save you and he desires to help you. And if we'll just be a people that'll be submitting to him. And the Bible says there shows us here in verse 39 that the Pharisees among the multitude said, Master, rebuke thy disciples. And Jesus looked at them and said, I tell you that if these should hold their peace. In other words, if all these people that are shouting my name, if all these people were to just hush their mouths, if all of these people were to just be quiet, the rocks themselves, the stones themselves would shout out. He says, listen, let me tell you something. These people have a reason to shout. They have a reason to praise. And that's what I want you to see this morning. You got a reason to praise. And the right reason is, it's because Jesus has just walked by your door this morning. Christ has just walked by your path. And as he is walking by your path and he's knocking on the door of your heart, you've got to decide for yourself, what am I going to do with Christ? What am I going to do with Christ? What am I going to do with Jesus today? 
I can't make that decision for you. You're the only one that can make that decision. But I'm telling you, uh, he is your redeemer and he is the king of kings and he is the Lord of lords. And Jesus has a desire to save you no matter what you're tied to, no matter where you're tied. No matter, listen, makes no difference whatsoever. He has a desire to save you. He has a desire to use you. And if you'll allow yourself, as you'll submit to him this morning, he'll show you exactly what he can do for you. He can save you of your sin. Cleanse, cleanse, cleanse you, wash you in the blood of Christ. But I tell you what, isn't it, isn't it a good thing to know that when you saved that all that sin, that it's all washed away, that you ain't got to answer for none of that stuff anymore, man. Praise God for that. Man. The Bible says the handwriting of ordinance that was written against us was nailed to the cross. Listen, anything that could ever be said or witnessed against us, when we got saved, all of when Jesus died on that cross, all of those things that could ever be witnessed or said against us was nailed to that cross. And the Lord Jesus covered it all in the blood. He washed it in the blood so that whenever you get saved, all of that is completely forgiven. Wow. He did what nobody else could do. And he can do the very same thing for you here this morning. If you'll trust him, if you'll give him your... Listen, this... <laughs> But Lord Jesus said, you say, well, you know, I, I'm living, my, I got this going on, I got this going on, and man, my life's so busy with this and so busy with this. Listen, I'm telling you, listen, I, listen we're all busy, but I'm going to tell you this. Let's make sure that we don't spend so much time trying to build up our own kingdom that we miss the kingdom. Right. Lord Jesus said as well that where your treasure is there, where your heart be also. So we have to ask ourselves, what is it that we value the most? What is it, what is it that we're treasuring? In our life. Now listen, I can sit up here and say I love God. I can sit up here and say I love the Lord. And I can say, and listen, I can say all these things. But the Lord Jesus also said, Lord Jesus also told his own disciples. He says, why do you call me Lord if you do not the things I say? So we have to ask ourselves this morning, where, where is our treasure really? Where is, where is our love? And Listen, a man has to do his own self-examination of that. I'm not going to do that for you. I don't expect you to do that for me. But you've got to examine your own self. And that means to open yourself up like a doctor. And you've got to get in there. And I don't mean just tinker around a little bit. But you've got to get in there and you've got to say, okay, what's going on over here? And what's going on over here? And, and what's exactly happening here in my life? And, and get things right. We've got a lot to praise the Lord for. And as we close... One of the things that we praise the Lord for this morning is that God, despite our sin, despite our unfaithfulness, despite who we can be, that he sent his only begotten son to die for us. And you got a chance this morning to get that worked out, to get that fixed, to get that cleansed, and to know without a shadow of a doubt when you walk out the door that you're saved and on your way to heaven. Listen, the Bible says today's the day of salvation, not tomorrow, not next week. Not next month, not next year. Listen, there's a lot of folks, I'm going to be honest with you, there's a lot of folks that died and went to hell, probably even today, that said, one day I'll get it right. One day I'll get my heart right with God. One day I'll get saved. And you know what? They didn't do it. And they died this morning, and they're dying right now, this very second. There are two people that die every single second. And the Bible tells us by the Lord Jesus himself, not by just this preacher, but the Bible, Jesus said himself, there in the book of Matthew, chapter 7, he says, Broad is the way that leads to destruction, and many be that go in thereat. But narrow is the way that leads to life, and few there be that find it. There's a whole lot more people that died and went to hell today than we went to heaven. A whole lot more people. 
Listen, don't you be one of those folks that say, well, one day I'll get it right. One day I'll get things fixed out. Listen, you don't have no idea. You may walk out those doors. You may get in your car and you may head up the road and something may happen. Heaven, I pray, I hope the Lord that it don't. But I tell you what, any, any single one of us, we can come up here. We can get in an accident or we can have a heart attack. Listen, or, or a stroke or whatever it is. And something can happen to us at any moment. So we have to make sure that we are prepared. Got to make sure you're ready. The Bible says today, if you hear his voice, harden not your hearts. So as we pray here this morning, you ask yourself, am I saved? Do I know that I'm on my way to heaven? Listen, eternity is a long time to be wrong. So you make sure that you got it worked out before we leave out of here today. Let's pray together. Father, we come to you today. We thank you for your blessings. We thank you for sending your son to sit where nobody else ever could. There's not another man or woman or anybody that was ever good enough to do what you've done for us. Lord, you are the only perfect one that came. The son of God came to this earth to die on that old rugged cross for all of our sins. And God, if there's one here today that does know he's your personal Savior, I pray that right now at this moment that the Holy Spirit of God will just move through our church and that you would just knock on the doors of people's hearts. Help them to see and understand if they're not saved, today is the day they need to get saved. As the piano plays this morning, and you ask yourself, am I saved? Do I know that I'm saved? You're sitting here this morning, you can honestly say, I've never prayed and asked Jesus to forgive me. I've never accepted him as my Savior. Or if I died today, I don't know if I'd go to heaven or not. Nobody's looking but me and God, but would you just slip your hand up so I can see you? Preacher, I ain't sure. But I want to make sure I got it worked out. Anybody like that here this morning? Preacher, I ain't sure. I'm not sure. Maybe you're sitting here this morning and it could be that you're saying, you know what, I, I know I'm saved. I know I'm, I know I'm on my way to heaven. But I got some things that's tying me down. I got some things that that's really weighing on me. And this morning, God, I'm coming to you. Lord, I need to be set free. I've been bound to this and I've been bound to this and I've been bound to that. God, I need to be free. If that speaks to you this morning, I encourage you to come. Let's open up the altar stand if you would. The altar is open. If you want to come, please come. If it's about salvation, you make sure you come to this preacher and say, Preacher, I want to get saved. And I'll have somebody take a Bible and open up the Word of God with you and show you how you can be saved. Preacher, I want to get saved. It could be that you find yourself this morning just like this asphalt tied up somewhere. And you got these battles and you got these struggles and, and, you, and you can't do anything and you can't go anywhere because you're all tied up because you're bound. You need Christ to set you free. Oh, He can. You just come to the Master. Submit yourself to Him. And let God work in your life. No matter what is going on in your life, Jesus is the answer.
The world will tell you that it hasn't. The devil will make you think he's got it. Christ is the answer. People praying all around the pew this morning, all around the altar, from one side to the other. Because we all have something to pray about. Whether it's about salvation or it's about struggles or whether we're interceding for other folks. Whatever it is. Christ can help. Bible told the men, loose him and bring him here. And those men couldn't do nothing for that cult. But Jesus could. Would you submit yourself to him this morning? Say, preacher, I feel like my life is wild. It's out of control. You submit yourself to him. And Christ has this way of bringing calmness to the chaos. Setting us free. using us because he has a need and a use for every single one of you here this morning. God is good. You could be seated here for just a moment.